0: Hello and welcome to the Locked on Wolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. I'm also the editor at Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan network. Today's episode is brought to us by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent You. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy uh, start of day three of training camp. Day two, of course was on Wednesday. Not nearly as much to talk about out of training camp um, on day two. Of course, we're now only a couple of shows away from talking about actual preseason basketball next Monday. Um, so today on the show, I want to focus in more on Anthony Edwards specifically. What's his role in the group of under 25 players in the NBA, spurred on by a fan-sided article, 25 under 25? Where does he fit in that ranking specifically? We've talked about him in terms of the overall the NBA globally, right? The NBA as a whole, where does he fit? Is he in the 60s, 70s, 80s? Um, now, if we're just talking about young players, where does he fit? So I want to get into that today. Then also, also, actually, if an article on Fansided about uh, front office turmoil and whether that's a good or bad thing for the Timberwolves, which feels kind of oxymoronic to, to discuss turmoil as a good thing. But here we are. Um, that's what we're going to do today, and it's the Timberwolves. So there's plenty of oxymorons all the time, I guess you could say. So all that's on the show today. Um, thank you. Here off the top for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Remember, Lockdown Wolves is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube um, at Lockdown Wolves on YouTube, as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course the all new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey spelled A U D A C Y. You can also follow on Twitter, of course, at Locked On T Wolves, and my account is at BBK with two B's, two E's, C K E N right below here if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and again, a reminder, this is uh, like five weeks into the YouTube thing. So if you're not subscribed there, please please subscribe, please follow, please like this episode if you're watching it there. That definitely helps us out and it's much appreciated, uh, truthfully, much appreciated. Okay, let's talk about Anthony Edwards. And um, so this is spurred on by a fan-sided exercise that they do. And again, I, I uh, am the editor of the Ducky With Wolves blog, which is the Timberwolves site on fan-sided. Of course, fan-sided has... Blogs for every team and every sport, similarly to to Locked On in terms of uh, you know what we do with podcasts at Locked On, um, and Fanside is in the midst of releasing their twenty five hundred twenty five list. So even though only some of those players are listed, we know exactly where Anthony Edwards ranked because he missed the twenty five hundred twenty five list. And uh, I think it was, it was uh, egregious is maybe a little strong. I think it was an error. So what I want to do is talk about where he ranked the players that he ranked with in the just miss list. And then also the first few players that have been revealed in the actual 2,525 list. Um, And and then from there kind of determine where should Ant have landed uh, among these, I guess, ultimately 30 players that were ranked. So Number thirty on the on the just missed the best of the rest as uh, it's called at Fansided and this is Ian Levy who does a fantastic job um, at a couple of different Fansided blogs but he wrote this article so the number thirtieth ranked twenty five player uh, twenty five or under player um, is Lou Dort of the Oklahoma City Thunder and uh, I, I really like this comparison that Ian makes at uh, at Fansided Lou Dort is a bit like a fuzzy Xerox copy of Mat- Matisse Thibault which is fantastic and perfect and all that. Um so anyway, Lou Dort at number 30. Number 29 Anthony Edwards. Lands at 29 on the list of top 25 players under 25. Um okay, we'll get back to it. Of course, Tyler Hero at number 28 of the Miami Heat, Matisse Thybulle at number 27, of course of the Sixers, PJ Washington number 26. Now we get into the actual 25 and under and again this list is only through, let's see, I guess we're through 11 now, uh, ranking backwards from 25 to 11. So I'll list the first few. We don't need to to list all of them. Colin Sexton of the Cavs at number 25. Kevin Hurt of the Hawks at 24. Gary Trent Jr. of the Toronto Raptors now at number 23, of course, formerly of Portland. DeAndre Hunter of the Hawks, number 22. Mitchell Robinson of the Knicks at 21. Tyrese Halberton, of course, last year's uh, third place finisher in the Rookie of the Year voting. He's at number 20. Halberton, of course, plays for the Kings, Jaron Jackson Jr., the Grizzlies at 19. Cade Cunningham, we'll get more into this in a second. Number 18 of the Pistons, of course, this year's number one draft pick, yet to play a second on an NBA court, preseason, uh, regular season, any 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 actual NBA court. Jared Allen at 17, Lonzo Ball 16, and then from there we get into guys who are legit stars. I guess the exception being um, or I, I shouldn't say he's not a star, but the exception in terms of young, like rookies from last year, LaMelo Ball, who of course did win rookie of the year over Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Halliburton last year is number 12 on this list of twenty five twenty five. So I don't want to like, uh, you know, we're not going to go player by player and call out why they should or should not be on this list. But I want to talk about the context of this list surrounding Anthony Edwards. I want to talk about the guys that he, well, I guess there's only one player he beat out, uh, Lou Dort at number 30, and I would rank him out of Lou Dort. But uh, let's start there. So he ranks a spot behind Tyler Hero, which is kind of insane. If Tyler Hero hadn't gone to the conference finals, of the Miami Heat in 2020, of course, the bubble season, the year where COVID-19 ended the season, they come back, go to the bubble. He plays really well in the bubble for the Miami Heat. They go to the conference finals somewhat unexpectedly. He was number 25 last year on the 2020 version of this list, which also is a little bit surprising, but he wasn't very good this last year. Um, Obviously, he had some injuries. The the outside shooting wasn't great. There were some 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 issues. Uh, but ranking him at 28 it seems kind of crazy. I feel like if the Heat don't go to the conference finals in 2020, he doesn't make this list at all. He's obviously very limited compared to what a player like Anthony Edwards can do. Um, and uh, so I, I don't understand why he's 28 with and at number 29. 27, Matisse thibault I understand putting thibault ahead of Edwards. But uh, one of the one of the bones I have to pick that I'll get more into here, in, you know, next segment in just a moment, is Edwards is asked to do so much more than all these guys. Thibault is not asked to do much. Now, there's something to be said for playing one's role, and and for a playoff team, for a team with championship aspirations like the 2021 Philadelphia 76ers, number one seed in the East, he's got to play his role for that team, and that's to be a defender and a spot up shooter at times. Now. He only was a 30% three-point shooter, so he's not holding up the offensive end of the bargain. We can quibble all we want about, you know, Carl Anthony Towns gets dinged majorly for having no defense. And actually saying he's a bad defender, saying he doesn't play defense It would actually be wrong about Towns. But he gets dinged and ripped on endlessly for lack of defense. Anthony Edwards, we could say the same thing, and he was actively a bad defender for much of last year. Ant was. But Matisse Thybul gets a complete pass for being a mediocre at best offensive player. And uh, he ranks 27 on this list, which I think is a little bit comical. I really like Thibault. And by the way, in any Ben Simmons trade, I would love to take back Matisse Thibault to the Timberwolves. I think he would be outstanding to have. I really like him as a player, but I would not rank him ahead of Anthony Edwards on this list. PJ Washington's an interesting one at 26. Um, he was seen just a couple of years ago as somebody who the, the Charlotte Hornets would not trade in a deal. I forget at this point who it even was, I guess it was just last off season. I was campaigning for the wolves to trade for him. He had a bit of a down year. Um, and he is, you know, he's, he's a little bit more of a, a spot up shooter type guy, stretch four, um, can play a little bit of five and uh, took a minor step back last year. I, I don't have any problem ranking him 26. And I, I really not, am not that upset about in a vacuum, putting him ahead of Anthony Edwards. Again, the upside of Edwards, what he's been asked to do is so much greater than PJ Washington But Washington's a really good player in a vacuum, and and I I get putting him at 26. Um, But next, what I want to do is look at the players towards the back end of the the top 25, the actual top 25, and get on a little bit of a soapbox here about Anthony Edwards and the expectations for him, what he's being asked to do, what he actually does, and um, the disconnect there with some of these other players that that are on this list and and where they're ranked. Um, First, though, let's talk about our friends over at Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense at all. Required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week are over. The days of mindless, daily busy work are also over and the days of giving up halfway through through the season because of said busy work. Definitely over. In Game Picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive ranking, pace of play, and more. All of that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. Whether you prefer Redraft, Keeper, or Dynasty, Game Picks has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code if you play fantasy football, which I do. And by the way, I play Dynasty fantasy football through Sleeper, and it's fantastic. It's better than uh, really every other site. If you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. Download the Sleep Wrap and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Uh, let's also talk about sweat block. Uh, there's a few things in life that just are not fun to talk about. One of them, of course, is excessive sweating. Uh, you, know, you know exactly what I mean. When you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it can definitely be embarrassing. I've dealt with this on and off throughout my life and I'm I I'm sure you have to when I speak in public or now I guess on YouTube, I have to I have to pay attention, make sure I'm not excessively sweating. Not a problem anymore though, because I've been using sweat block antiperspirant. Sweat block is stronger, and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, the next morning you wake up, wash, go about your day, and you don't worry about sweat. Guaranteed, I know this sounds too good to be true. I literally only have to use Sweatblock once or twice a week. It keeps me dry the entire time. No more pitting out, no more picking my shirts based on which one might hide sweat better. Sweatblock is doctor created and doctor recommended, works for up to seven days per use, and there's a dry shirt guarantee. Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you'll get your money back. This product has been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show by firefighters, and it's been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. Believe it or not, Sweatblock is currently number one in the Amazon anti-perspirant category. You can wear whatever you want to wear when you use Sweatblock. It's your little secret to confidence. It's a must have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's a big presentation, a hot date, public speaking, a podcast on YouTube, whatever it might be. Everyone can benefit from using SweatBlock. If you or someone you love is dealing with the issue of excessive sweating, you have to check out SweatBlock. Get it today for twenty percent off at SweatBlock.com with promo code LockedOn, or you can pick it up at Amazon or CVS. But again, SweatBlock.com. Use the promo code LockedOn. You will get twenty percent off today. Okay, uh, let's keep talking about Anthony Edwards and and where his rightful place is among under twenty five NBA players. So I mentioned the back uh, portion of the uh, of the twenty five under twenty five list, and I, I want to go back to that here. So, well, I guess PJ Washington was at twenty six. Notable, I'm okay with it. Um, we get into the top twenty five. Colin Sexton's at twenty five, which is an interesting one, um, mostly because of the situation he plays in. I like Colin Sexton. I think he's fine. I, he's also, by the way, another common thread, and I should have said this off the top that that you'll see in this list is basically all these guys have multiple years in the in the league um, on Anthony Edwards and actually Tyrese Halliburton and um, and LaMelo Ball. Most of these guys are three years in. Um, I, I Let me let me pull the list here. Um, so the best of the rest list that I just mentioned, 26, 27, 28, Edwards, 29, and 30, all those guys have at least two seasons in the NBA. P.J. Washington's 23, Matisse Thybulles 24, Lou Dort is only 22. Uh, but all those guys have played multiple years in the league. Tyler Hero was also a one-and-done college player like Edwards and is only 21, but he's played two seasons as a pro. So Edwards is the only one in that best of the rest, 26 to 30, that's played in just one NBA season, and he's a lot younger than all of them except for Tyler Hero. And we can say the same thing about the the back portion of the actual top 25. So Collin Sexton at number 25, um, I, I mean, he's entered his fourth season. He's got two... Two, NBA, two full NBA seasons on Anthony Edwards, and he's ranking number 25 on this list. And and that's okay. I mean, I'm not saying he shouldn't be ranked there because of that. I'm just giving some context as to part of the reason why Edwards is ranked where he is is because the experience and these guys that appear on these types of lists every single year, uh, it, it's, it's easier and easier to just kind of keep putting them on the list, right? And Sexton has shown improvement, certainly, especially last year. Kevin Herter's another one. Before last season, Kevin Herter, I don't actually know if he was on the 2020 version of this list, but he should not have been. Kevin Herter was really disappointed in his first couple seasons. And it really wasn't until late last year, and especially into the playoffs, kind of following the arc of the Hawks themselves as a team. Did Kevin Herter actually play well? Um, I would not rank him ahead of Anthony Edwards on this list. I just wouldn't. Gary Trent Jr., number 23, uh, of course, played some uh, high school ball in Minnesota. And his dad played for the uh, Kevin Garnett Timberwolves, uh, up until really the conference finals year, late 90s, early 2000s. He was traded to uh, to Toronto. He's number 23 on this list, which feels a little bit high for him as well. DeAndre Hunter with the Hawks was hurt for a good chunk of last year, but really promising before the injury. Uh, my guess is if he doesn't get hurt last year, he ranks higher on this list. He's at 22. The other notable one for me is Halliburton at 20. Uh, well, not the only other notable one. one. One of the other notable ones is Tyrese Halberton at 20. Uh, I've said this before on the show, in a vacuum I buy the argument that he had a better rookie season than Anthony Edwards. He was a better defender, easily. He was a, a better cog in the machine, granted for a, a almost just as bad team in Sacramento. But Halliburton was really, really good as a rookie. And that was kind of his thing, right, as a prospect. I had him on my board. I believe I had him third or fourth on my draft board last year because his floor is so high. And the ceiling is still there too. I would still say Halliburton's got close to an all-star level ceiling. Um, but his floor is already, he's already basically realized it, which is solid rotation player to very good starter. Somewhere in that range is the most likely outcome for Halberton. Edwards' ceiling, of course, is is really astronomical. I don't know that we can put a ceiling on what Edwards could do. It's, it's somewhere in the all-star to MVP range, right? That's what Anthony Edwards could be. Halberton's not going to be that. Today, though, you could argue Halberton's a better player than Anthony Edwards. I'm okay with that. The one that really gets me is Cade Cunningham at number 18. Um and now that I say this, I should have looked at last year's list to see where Edwards was on last year's list. I would be shocked if he was anywhere near I, I don't think he was probably on last year's list, but somehow Cade Cunningham leapfrogs uh however many guys that is, what, eleven players in the in the 30 that are ranked to number 18, despite never playing a minute, a second, uh, putting on a jerk. Well, I guess he probably has taken pictures, uh media shots at a Pistons jersey, but he hasn't set foot on an NBA court to this point. Why are we hitting him number 18 on this list? Um, it seems crazy. He's like, yeah, the ceiling's there. The ceiling is somewhere close to Anthony Edwards. And I think his floor is really good because he's a, he's a decently well-rounded player, but Cade Cunningham isn't like outstanding at any one thing that you're going to hang your hat on be like, this is the guy he's a can't miss prospect. I I get why he was drafted number one overall, but putting him ahead of Tyrese Halbert and putting him ahead of DeAndre Hunter, um, even putting ahead of Colin Sexton, it just it just seems crazy. In fact, you know what? Here we go. I do have last year's list in front of me. And uh, I am correct in saying that uh, that Anthony Edwards was not on that list at all. Um, D'Angelo Russell was, by the way. He was number 22 on last year's list, but he's no longer eligible. Uh, it's just just crazy to me that Cade Cunningham is just handed the 18th slot on this list. It makes no sense at all. Back to the point I was making towards the end of the last segment regarding roles and their impact on a list like this. Anthony Edwards, um, he was asked to do everything last year for the Wolves. Now, part of that was due to injuries. You know, once Towns went out initially and D'Angelo Russell missed a good chunk of the season, um, those would be the two big ones, obviously. Well, then Malik Beasley as well. Edwards ended up running with the starters so much more later in the season. Now, early in the season, it impacted him negatively that he he just didn't, he, he didn't start, right? So he didn't have as many opportunities with the starters. But as the season went on, Edwards was asked to do a little bit of everything. He had a he had a big role at times was creating, at times was um, was playing off the ball a little bit. He was running pick and roll. He was actually running the offense um, at times for the Timberwolves last year. Not very many guys on this list were actually running their team's offenses or are asked to do much more than what a role player would do. I mean, you look at Tyrese Halbert; he was not asked to do anything outside of what Tyrese Alliburton is asked to do, right? He he, he was asked to be a spot-up shooter and defender, and he played that role well, and he should be commended for that. But I don't know that that makes him the number 20 best player, top twenty five twenty five. Matisse Theibel and P.J. Washington are also good examples, and I would not necessarily rank them ahead of Edwards. I think if I was the one ranking this list, Edwards is probably in the 24-25 range because is a great defender, but what does he give you offensively? and you could use the same argument with Edwards in defense but i just think the the dynamic offense that Edwards provides is so much more significant and again the the scope of things he can do is so much more significant and therefore that should that should help him get a much higher ranking um, these kinds of lists are obviously they they don't mean anything and they're fun to an extent But it's also, what are we valuing when we're ranking these guys? Um, And how high is Edwards going to rank simply by doing what he did from March 1st on last year? Um, And actually, let's talk a little bit about that. So we talked about his March 1st and on numbers not that long ago. I'm going to see if I can find his actual per game. I had it here. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Yeah, from March 1st on, Anthony Edwards' average was his points per game average uh, was, had really rocketed up. Um, He was like a little over 23 points per game. The rebounds were up over five points per game, but perhaps most impressively, his true shooting percentage was 56.7% after March 1st, 56.7% true shooting. Um, It's not like a, that's not a crazy great mark at all. Uh, And by the way, if you're not familiar with true shooting, it basically takes into account not just It's not just, you know, field goal percentage is obviously all field goals attempted, takes out free throws. True shooting includes free throws and also takes into account the difference between a two-point field goal and a three-point field goal. So it's arguably the best measure. You know, true shooting and effective field goal percentage are both good measures of of true efficiency when it comes to a player's offensive game, or at least the the shooting portion of it. So Ant's 56.7. I mean, you could look at the best players in the league. I mean, most of those guys are over 60% true shooting. Uh, But 56.7 is in the same neighborhood as, um, let's see, Donovan Mitchell, had a. 56.9% 56.9% true shooting percentage last year. So, you know, 0.2% higher than Anthony Edwards. And actually, Donovan Mitchell's a really good comp for Anthony Edwards um, in terms of what he could be in the next couple of seasons. I actually think his ceiling is a little bit higher than a multi-time all-star like Mitchell, but um, which says a lot about what Edwards can do. But just last year's version of Donovan Mitchell, he only played in 53 games, but 56.9% true shooting, Chris Middleton is 58.8%, um, of course, playing on the NBA champions, which is, you know, it's, uh, it's a couple percentage points higher, two and a half percentage points higher, but uh, in the same neighborhood as what Anthony Edwards did from March 1st on. And March 1st on is not like a tiny sample size. It's like 10 weeks. Remember, the, the season went to mid-May last year. So I've said this before, and I'm, you're going to hear me say it again. I think the Edwards improvement from March, April, May last year, so much of it had to do with the opportunity, scheme, and confidence Those are probably the three biggest things versus actual, like his actual jump shot didn't get that much better. Yes, the percentages were a little better, but the three-point shooting was still only 34%. It was up from like 31 in the first half of the season. It was more just about the opportunities, uh, the confidence in the scheme. And if that's for real, and those are all things that shouldn't have changed from last March, April, May to this September, October, November, December then he's going to be you know a top 10 2500 25 player at this time next year he's going to be on this list uh, you know with with all the best young players in the league for sure and quickly rise in all the all the player rankings um, so keep an eye on the early season the efficiency numbers for Edwards is he also creating for others and and what's Chris Finch asking him to do within the, within the half court offense. Okay. I want to close the show by talking briefly about the front office and, uh, you know, shifting gears a little bit there and, and what that means for the Wolves, where, where the front office sits now as we, as we are are here, what the last day of September, um, and a a piece over on fan sided that somebody wrote regarding the Wolves front office and, and kind of go through that here in just a moment. First though, let's talk about our friends over at rock Auto com they are the title sponsor of today's show the episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for your chain local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need why do you often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand the warehouse happens to carry you have a computer with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket you can save time and money when using rock auto why would you spend 30 50, even 100% more for the exact same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, two decades. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil to even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution For your auto parts needs, go to rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Let's also talk about betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron. Teams are back on to start another football season headed into week four. uh, Tonight, actually, Thursday night football, week four of the NFL season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action This season, with the new updated site and interface even more odds, props and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football to basketball, boxing, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Again, Bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. A reminder, that's a 100% welcome bonus. Double your initial deposit just for signing up with the promo code NFL100 at BetOnline. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, let's talk front office. So, obviously, the Wolves, Gerson, we're we're a week removed now, finally, from the Gerson Rosas dismissal last week. Sachin Gupta is still the executive vice president of basketball operations, but has oversight over the entire department of basketball ops for the Timberwolves, even without the title change. He was part of the Monday media day. I talked about it on, uh, I guess it would have been Tuesday's show, because media day was Monday. Um, So, go back and listen to my thoughts on what he and, and head coach Chris Finch talked about Gupta's relatively soft-spoken and, um, you know, not uncomfortable, but not super comfortable in front of a camera, just kind of, you know, says it like it is, didn't want to obviously talk about the Rosa situation, et cetera. Um, So go back and listen to my thoughts on what he said Monday, but by all accounts, and I talked about uh, the cleaning the glass piece by Ben Falk uh, from a few days ago about Gupta and Falk, of course, worked with him in Philadelphia. They were both in the Sixers front office under uh, under Sam Hankey and- I think that, that his piece is really enlightening related to how Gupta operates and how he treats those around him, especially in light of everything that happened or, or was alleged in relation to uh, to how Rosas ran the front office when he was there. Uh, but all that to say, there's an article on fansided.com by Micah Wimmer, who, by the way, I, I wrote with at, at uh, Grandstand Central a couple for a, really a couple of years, and I guess we're almost two years removed now, but we wrote together at that site and uh, he's been writing for Fan for a while. He wrote an article called, Could the Timberwolves Front Office Mess Be a Blessing in Disguise? He goes on to talk about the state of disarray the Wolves are in and they're always in, which I can't argue with that. Um, talks about the unpleasant work environment that Rosas created. Tries to consider whether or not he was a good general manager, a good president of basketball ops. Uh, this is probably a conversation. I think we need to to wait to... to Now is not the time to have that full conversation here on this podcast, But uh, Rosas has a number of moves that the jury is very much still out on. Remember, he's only in charge for not even two and a half years. But the Culver draft pick is obviously the the first and arguably at this point worst move that he made. Uh, But then, you know, the Russell trade and obviously the Beasley-Hernan Gomez trade and some of the other stuff that's happened in between. But the point that Micah is trying to make in this article at fansided.com is that the Wolves now get another chance to, as he calls it, start over and get it Right. Uh, he talks about hiring the right leadership, building a team around towns, which is which yes, I understand that, but what doesn 't make sense here is, is 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 how and what do you want to do around towns right um, what 's the best way to build a team around towns? I could make the argument right now. At take out the Jimmy Butler year, because obviously, I mean, Butler was and still is a better player than Carl Anthony Towns. So that was actually the Wolves bringing in a superstar to pair with an existing superstar. How else would you build a team around Towns? They already have a young superstar or a young star, I should say, who's been an all-star in D'Angelo Russell. They have last year's number one overall pick on a very affordable contract based on his skill set in Anthony Edwards, a relatively affordable scoring guy, a guard who could score 19 to 20 points a game in Blake Beasley. Um... How, how should the Wolves build around Carl Anthony Towns? I mean, acquiring Ben Simmons would be one way to do it, acquiring another young superstar who's obviously better than D'Angelo Russell. But it's it's articles like this that confuse me because you, it's easy to say, time to hit the reset button, build, build around Towns. First of all, what assets are you using to acquire better players? And second of all, who are you acquiring? Who's trading the type of player you want to pair with Carl Anthony Towns? which is exactly the reason why Ben Simmons is such a coveted trade target, despite his shortcomings in the playoffs and some of the recent issues he's had and, and the, the clear, you know, warts he has on his game. Players like this aren't available. Young superstars under contract are not available for trade very often. And the Wolves aren't going to get one in free agency. So how is the question I would posit to, to folks like Michael Wimmers at Fansided is, how are the Wolves doing this? How would you suggest that the Wolves find a better supporting cast for towns than what they've now assembled? And and to to be clear, we have not seen this supporting cast around towns for anything more than a handful of games. And uh this is also the first year that the bench is is a legitimate uh like a legitimate bench that I, I feel comfortable saying could function in the playoffs with Patrick Beverly, with uh uh very likely Leander Balmoro, Torian Prince. Um, Josh Okogie now as a bench player, not a starter. He's not being miscast as a starter. Okogie can be a fine bench player. He's not a starter on a playoff team in the NBA. The Wolves have real depth. And I, I'll, I've said it before, I'll keep saying it. They go one through 10, arguably one through 12 with actual real NBA rotational talent. And going from bad to good is very is a very similar jump from good to very good or good to even great. Getting rid of bad minutes with good minutes is is just as important, and it's the first step. Um, and also, getting players in the right role and not miscasting them. Josh Okogie not miscasting him as a starting two or a three, but a backup three who functions as a four offensively and and has you know plays less minutes, very matchup centric. What you know or matchup dependent, whatever it is, that is doing. That is the role he should be playing in the NBA, not starting two guard standing in the corner like he was under Ryan Saunders. So, it's finding the right roles for the play for the players you have on the roster and it's getting rid of minutes that are going to players that simply aren't good and giving them to players who who are. And I know that's sounds like oversimplification, but it's not that portion of this thing is not rocket science. And the Timberwolves have done that, I believe, with their roster. So all that to say, I don't understand what the wolves are supposed to do that they're not already doing in terms of improving the team short of trading for Ben Simmons, short of, I don't know, a year ago in hindsight, if they could have, and I'm sure they tried to trade for a Devin Booker, a Bradley Beal when those situations were more tenuous. And I'm sure this offseason they looked at John Collins and Damanis Sabonis and Miles Turner and other guys who allegedly could have been available, but as it turns out, they weren't available, right? Um, Or they weren't available enough to make sense to trade for. So Yeah, D'Angelo Russell's overpaid and he's probably a little overrated and he's not a true superstar and he's got problems with his, his his game has problems, but he's also going to be a dynamic pick and roll partner with Carl Anthony Towns. And you know, the, yeah, you're paying him a max contract, but Beasley is a bargain, probably a bargain if he can stay on the court at his deal. And Anthony Edwards is already pretty much a bargain based on what he's getting paid. So, you know, the, the core that the Wolves have, the players they have around Towns as of right now is not a bad situation. Um, And I would argue that this is not the time to start over, start over or, you know, and it's not really starting over if you're keeping Towns and rebuilding around him. That's basically what the last five years have been, right? That's what they've done since they drafted Towns was recycle the pieces around him and the dozens and dozens of players and the five coaches and six front offices, or maybe still around six coaches and five front offices that Towns has played for and with um, and dozens of players and and dozens of assistants and all that good stuff. Um, That's what the Wolves have been doing. There's no need to press the reset button again. That doesn't make any sense at all. Um, so anyway, we'll find out. We'll, uh, we're will we only, what, today's Thursday. We've got one more show before Monday. We'll do a quick preseason preview on Monday. And of course, Tuesday, we'll be back to post game pods. We'll talk all things preseason game for Monday night. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. So if you're not already following or subscribed to this podcast, now's your chance. You can do that anywhere you listen to podcasts. And again, thank you for making Locked On your first listen every single day. We'll be back again tomorrow, of course, on Friday, but in the meantime, go ahead and subscribe or follow this podcast again, free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube. Now this is uh episode, I don't know, 15 or so on YouTube. So go check it out on YouTube. You can also follow or subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at locked on T wolves and at B beacon with two B's, two E's C K E N B. live tweeting games. Of course, once we get into the season, so be sure you're following there as well. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's the biggest thing. And also if you do listen on Apple and you're able to, to provide a review, that definitely helps us out or on YouTube, make sure that you're, you're liking the episode and, and that you're subscribed there too. Those are the, those are the two places that that's super helpful. And and I really, really do appreciate it. Um, today's episode is brought to us by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that locked on set you. Otherwise, that's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Lockdown Wolves Podcast. Of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America, designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20.